0: Hi, I'm Tracy Koga, and thanks for downloading this podcast from ilikehugh.com. If you can, give us a follow or subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at ilikehugh.com. Now, let's get started. Getting to love this Zoom because I am getting to meet such incredible people from all over Canada, all over the world. But I want to say hello to Seraphin Lafren- La Riviere. Did I pronounce it right, Seraphin?
1: Yep, La Riviere. <laughs> That's just perfect.
0: <laughs> and right now you're in Toronto, but you said that you commute between Toronto and Montreal, and where else? Do you call home?
1: Toronto and um, between Toronto and a little tiny village in north called North Hatley in the eastern townships. Ah, beautiful. um, Which has like a population of 400 year round, and then in the summertime it goes up to like (laughs) 3,000.
0: Oh, yeah, and that's when you're not there anymore, no.
1: (laughs) No, I've I've I was actually writing out most of COVID there, and I wrote half of the album and arranged the music of the album there because we were in the middle of this village in the middle of nowhere during a pandemic so yeah but no i don't don't make it into montreal too much quebec city i sing there quite a bit during pre-covid times
0: oh so. yes okay so let's talk about the album and like you and so many other singer songwriters and artists uh 2020 was a lot of writing and <laughs> a lot of isolation mm-hmm. so this album what kind of obviously what kind of songs motivated you and then now, I guess, getting this album released is kind of different too as well, correct?
1: Oh, it's crazy. Um, I had actually planned to record the album uh, back a year ago, in at the end of March uh, in 2020. And then, of course, you know, all heck mm-hmm. broke loose. And um, it was interesting because I, I hadn't written music. My last album was 10 years before. And I had taken kind of a hiatus because we adopted our son and um you know for any new parents out there (laughs) you know what it's like trying to juggle bathing with child with (laughs) childbearing never mind so i was doing gigs in quebec i have an agent in quebec city and i was doing gigs there but mostly i was at home and i hadn't written any music and so i thought i'll include two originals that i wrote quite some time before and then I'll just do cover songs and kind of arrange those mm-hmm. a little bit differently. And when COVID hit, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm normally a jazz artist, I I felt like all the rules had just been tossed out the window. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so I, I started arranging the songs, the jazz covers that I was doing sort of in different ways, borrowing from, you know, country and pop and, and um soul and funk. And then I started writing. And I wrote because I had this terrible parenting day. Like, you know, those days where you're just like, you might as well just start putting money in the account for your child's therapy <laughs> year later on, you know? <laughs> Let I, alone yours. I, oh, I was homeschooling. And any parent out there that had to do that deserves every amount of adulation that there is in this planet. Um, I'd had a terrible day. My, my adoptive mom had died. And I needed advice, and she wasn't there. And I was downstairs, and I wrote this song called Mom. It's actually the next single we'll be releasing uh, later this month. And it opened this gate for me of writing about uh, about fear and, and about comfort and solace as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wrote these very sort of personal songs, and and it informed the way I sang the songs that I had chosen for the album. I ended up writing six songs, and then kept losing standards as, as I went along, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was a very powerful time. I actually really, I know I'll remember that period for, for, for my life. It was, it was really powerful for me.
0: And it's interesting going back, as you were talking about, you're kind of throwing your normal jazz go-to into other different genres, and I really kind of think music, especially this year, took that plunge. Like, there is crossovers, galore and you know you artists that you would normally hear on a country station you hear on pop and then pop would be country or rock and I I think it's beautiful um your experience I guess getting into these different genres too probably was uplifting for yourself to even as an artist
1: It was great because what I did was I was listening. I don't know about you, but for me, nostalgia was huge during the Mm -hmm. pandemic. Those things that bring us comfort. So I was watching the Mary Tyler Moore show. (laughs) But I was also listening to old LPs that I had because I had a little record player. And I was listening to the LPs that I used to listen to, the songs on the LPs that I used to listen to over and over and over again. And I started thinking, what do I like about this song? What is it that, you know all these years later i still listen to it and think oh my god that's perfect um and and so it made me it forced me to sort of look outside of the genres because i have such a disparate um taste in music over my lifetime because i'm older and and you know our taste change as time goes on um and 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 then other artists were doing things crazy things taylor swift released a folk album yeah <laughs> Stunning! It was stunning, and um, uh, Lila Bialy released a beautiful album. She's traditionally very jazz, and her album just spans the the, the breadth of genre. Um, so yeah, it was it was an, a, a lawless year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and will you go back to jazz? And and we have to say that jazz really is a is a niche kind of genre. It hasn't mm-hmm. seen the growth like what we call pop music. And um all the artists are so unique in themselves and great storytellers, which I probably think is really important for you, right, Sarah
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love jazz, especially the American songbook. By American I mean the North American songbook, which mm-hmm. is the classics from, you know, Cole Porter and, and Noel Coward and and you know, stuff that Bing Crosby sang and and uh, um, Rosemary Clooney, those kind of songs. And you know, you listen to those and you think I did one of Rosemary Clooney's songs on the album—not not one of her songs, but one of her mm-hmm. signature pieces called "You Came a Long Way from St. Louis," and it is the best, most badass song you can imagine <laughs> for the 1950s. You know, there, mm-hmm. you know, it's just—it's uh, amazing to discover how common the the, the lyrical threads are
0: mm-hmm. between
1: them and now, and oh, yes. rediscovering the, the, those meanings. I yeah, I find that very powerful
0: and you can understand every single word that they're singing sorry just
1: saying oh my god thank heavens for lyric what is it lyrics.easylyrics.com where you can just punch in and find yeah. out what what the heck Elton John was singing in 1974 <laughs> to a haze of preludes. and you know like, oh it's a tiny oh. dancer yes
0: really yes. Um, yeah. so i want to go um, um, to you personally uh, hmm. You did mention that you took a 10-year hiatus to and, you know, you have a son who is now 10 G- years old, Nikki. And
2: Nikki.
0: it is a real journey, like amazing journey that you've taken, Seraphine. And I think it is something that, uh, if you're willing to, I don't know, but share because it is a powerful sure. story. And, it, I mean, a great
1: ending, too. It is um, it is a continual Revelation every day, and I don't use that word lightly or or glibly. When you sit and you look at this person who is becoming, you know, now he's pre adolescent, he's 10, and I'm looking at him and seeing the human being that he is becoming and rising to be. And it's frightening because I think, oh God, don't screw this up. (laughs) But also, it's amazing because, you know, he's just like people, (laughs) he's got his own personality and his own. And I can remember the traits that he had as a child, as an infant and, and see how they've sort of grown through time. And it's been a very powerful journey. And because we waited so long for him, because the adoption process is long, and we adopted him in the province of Saskatchewan. We were living there for a short time and they made it so easy, but even still it was a two-year process. And um, you know, we were told that we would have a hard time adopting because we're not a typical uh, heterosexual couple. Um, not a typical normative family, um, and they took extra good care of us. Um, the, 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 you know, we hear about red tape, the bureaucracy b- bureaucracy in, in, in Saskatchewan and in Regina, the social services were amazingly supportive. Mm. Um, Canada has safeguards to prevent abuses of prejudice and abuses of exclusion, which I was so proud of, to learn I get emotional I think about it when I think how their main focus is having a child in a home Mm -hmm. that's it they want a child in a home and uh so so that process of of getting a child doing the we had to do nine months of coursework and learning and classes and and then waiting and then we we ended up fostering Nikki at first and it was nine months of nail-biting. Oh, will the adoption go through nine months long? And um, I think I kept the potato chip companies in business. Like, <laughs> it was just, to heck with the pandemic. That was the big one. Um, and when it arrived, it arrived, the, the, the slip from the, the uh, judge arrived on my birthday on June 7th.
0: Oh, wow. And
1: I know. And I looked at it, and I was like, I don't need anything else.
0: <laughs> no. No, that's
1: so, yeah. Well,
0: no, that 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 is so amazing, and and I guess now too. Obviously, life has changed, right? You're a parent, and there's certain things you just can't go rent out and do a gig anymore. It's like a lot of no. planning before you step out of that door.
1: And ironically, you know, COVID has actually been—I shouldn't say COVID—isolation has been kind of um, good for that, I suppose, or kind of conducive to that because. I can't go out and do a little tour right now. I can't go and do a bunch of gigs to to release the album, which I would actually love to do. And I take my kid along and I give him my phone because he never gets to play video games. And I'm like, here, you can play a game on my phone. And of course, it's like crack cocaine to children, yes. right? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, um, so but, but it has changed the way I, I have released an album. And I've never had that happened before I just get notices oh CBC is playing your album and Jazz FM is playing your album and oh these people are buying it and Bandcamp it went up live on Bandcamp and it had 900 listens within an eight hour period and now it's at like almost 4,000 and the music video for Take On Me that I released back in December that I shot myself and edited
0: (laughs) (laughs) and and it's got
1: 40,000 views on YouTube so but I haven't left my house (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. I, it, I know it, it, is, it is a real kind of uh, a weird kind of situation because we yeah. all want to see you live like I would love to see you live. But mm. if I can see a video, I'll take that. And it's so yeah. strange. Yeah. So I guess moving on Serafin, looking into the future, uh, obviously writing more music. Mm-hmm. Will you still continue in the jazz? Or will you maybe become something else?
1: You know, that's a really good question. I think I will always, you know, five of the songs on the album are from a jazz sort of ethos. Um, but I think, you know, I've always had kind of a hard time fitting with jazz. I've had, you know, I've had been been embraced in, in San Francisco and in Toronto and 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 in uh, Quebec. Um, but it, I'm always a little bit different because my voice is kind of unusual and, and uh, I don't know, it'll be interesting. And I can't scat to save my life. I sound like a child burbling into their cereal. Like it just, it's not good. Um, so I don't know. I, I think I would like to sit where I am for a while which is straddling a bunch of different fences and see see right. how that goes. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that's a good place to be. So I am hoping that you are going to give us a song.
1: Yes, I would love to. The the single, the first single we released in December, which was released on a whim. I I was bored and <laughs> <laughs> wanted to do something, and um, we did this video. And I learned how to edit, and um, and it did really well. So I'm. And ironically, it's not jazz at all. So
0: oh. So i'd love it. to
1: sing that for you if you're okay it's it's one of my favorite songs from the 1980s because mm-hmm. i'm an 80s kid mm-hmm. and um uh it was done in a very sort of pop sort of way and my first album 15 15 years ago was all pop songs redone as jazz tunes but i wanted to take a pop song and do it as sort of a torch song as a a quiet intense sort of piece and so i took take on me from aha <gasps> Uh huh. Remember that video with the like yes. the cartoon, like, like, sketchy cartoons, and, like
0: yes, oh.
1: big hair. hair. And, oh, <laughs> <this is great. laughs> So I redid it, and it, you know what? The song holds up so well. I watched the video, and I was like, "This video is an amazing." Video. Well, there um, you go. So I got the rights, and I yeah, I recorded it. So, so yeah, I'd love to send that for you.
0: Okay, thank you so much, Seraphin. Seraphin, La Riviere. We love you in Winnipeg. Can't wait to have you here perform live.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Okay. Talking away, I don't know what I'm to say. Uh, say I'm Another day to find you shining on. I'm still coming for
2: your love. And pain. It's gone before.
1: Pausing as when I feel I'm stumbling away. I'm slowly learning that life can be okay. Say it with me. It's so better to be safe than sorry. Take on me. I'll be gone in a day or two I've got to remember you shine away. I'm still coming for you.
2: Take
1: take me, take
2: me higher.
0: This has been a production of I Like You.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company.
2: Do, Did, Will, The Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? From climate pledge arena in seattle washington the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet wherever you get your pods wherever you watch your pods and on the crier media network
1: hi this is candace sampson the voice behind what she said my show is your destination for stories that not only entertain but also educate and empower Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on blasttheradio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's blasttheradio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter.
0: Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.